Is Eric Bieniemy headed to a new team? We'll talk about that. Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, and a lot of the big questions around the NFL. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with my friend and filling in co-host today, Lauren Cox. We're going to be talking all things NFL. Remember, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting platform out there. Also, if you're watching this video on YouTube, like the video on YouTube, subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes of Locked On NFL, as well as all the bonus content and extra shows that we put on this channel. We thank everyone for checking out and making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Lauren, the big news that is popping up all around the league today is the idea that Eric Bieniemy may finally be leaving the Chiefs, but not for a head coaching job, to be offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. And to me, I was like, how about a what? Because... Who in the right mind would leave Patrick Mahomes two Super Bowl championships to go to a franchise that can, that has never in the past in my life since, since they were good in the 80s been able to get out of its own way to be a good team especially on offense. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I could see it I could see both sides of the equation. It's like one why not just keep collecting rings for as long as this Chiefs potential dynasty that everyone wants to talk about now is, is going to go? And eventually Andy Reid's going to retire. And so make them choose to not have you replace Andy Reid at that point. Mm-hmm. But I also see Eric looking around and saying, well, I'm under Andy Reid's literal, literally large shadow in, in Kansas City and not being not getting enough of the recognition or credit for the large positive influence the enemy does have on that chief's offense. And if he can go to Washington where there is a young quarterback that maybe the enemy does like, we don't know, but in, in Sam Howell, maybe he feels like that's his opportunity to show, Hey, I can do this on my own. I am a very good offensive coordinator and that's going to be my ticket to getting my own head coaching job somewhere else. Instead of just kind of waiting behind Andy Reid. No, I, I get that. But here's where then I have to ask questions because then, uh, you know, one of my theories that I was, that I was holding on to, because like there were a lot of people saying like, well, obviously black coaches don't get the same coaches as uh, opportunities as white coaches. And that's a real thing that's been in the NFL. But I was like, well, wait a second. Eric Bieniemy has been the offensive coordinator of Patrick Mahomes and this offense that's been dominating football for a few years now. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure someone, if they think that that he can incorporate some of the stuff that they're doing into their uh, uh, team, that they would kind of overlook that and make that happen. So uh, my theory had been this whole time, what if Eric Bieniemy was just was kind of promised that whenever Andy Reid left, he'd be the guy. And he knew that whenever that happened, if it was going to happen soon, I think Andy Reid's in his 60s, that he would then inherit Patrick Mahomes. And why would you not hit your train to that or hit your wagon to that train? But now we see that's not the case because he's going to the Washington Commanders. And maybe it is the thing that they're trying to prove something. He, he, he's trying to prove that he could do it without Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But then I wonder, the offensive coordinator position under Andy Reid has been something that has automatically guaranteed people 
head coaching jobs for the past years. The last two to do it, Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson. Neither of them were coordinators, offensive coordinators for top five offenses. Granted, Patrick Mahomes wasn't there, but they didn't have to go somewhere else. And they didn't win Super Bowls. And it made me wonder, what what's the difference now? Is there something? There's been rumors that you know he's not a good the Eric Bieniemy's not a good interviewer, and there's been the anger you know anger management issues maybe that he's had that he's had to work with. But it's uh, you know I look around at the league and I'm like, for all the people that have gotten shots like Adam <laughs> Gase twice, or you know just like like and, and the emphasis on the twice there because I thought Adam Gase was a weird hire the first time, but then he failed with his first team it was brought back at the same time in the second time in the same division and you could start going over look at the jaguars what they just got out of with their situation and, and now that they're that now they brought in doug peterson and he's trying to he's trying to get him get him back into into the right side of things but there's been several coaches that have just been wild cards that have been taking chances on look at what happened with nathaniel hackett but eric Bieniemy needs to prove himself more that's where I'm just a little mind boggled. Like something else got to be going on there. Yeah, it's interesting because for a while, right, Eric Bieniemy was getting regular head coaching interviews, and it was like, oh, one of yeah. these jobs he's got to get. But I, I didn't watch super closely because my team wasn't hiring a head coach this year. But I don't remember Bieniemy getting any actual head coaching interviews this this cycle around. Maybe there was one that I that or, or two, but you know, there have been previous years where it's like. He interviews for three or four jobs or whatever and doesn't get them. Or back-to-back years, he's interviewing for these jobs. And it feels like the head coaching interviews have kind of dried up a little bit. And maybe that's him looking around saying, okay, I guess my my Andy Reid Chiefs bump is running out. And I'm, that's no longer giving me these opportunities. So I got to do something because I really want to be a head coach. And I'm just not satisfied staying in this offensive coordinator role for the long haul. But even then, doesn't feel very fair to him. And doesn't feel like he's gotten anywhere close to the same opportunities as a lot of those other coaches you talked about. I noticed... You know, all these coaches that have gone on and had multiple opportunities to fail, mostly white guys. I mean, mostly NFL coaches are always mostly white guys anyway, but especially the ones that get multiple chances to fail. Whereas the guys like Jim Caldwell and Lovey Smith get fired from the Bears with Lovey Smith as with a winning record and Caldwell from the Lions with a winning record. And those guys don't often get as many opportunities to fail as the white head coaches. And Brian Flores with yes. back-to-back winning records, the only coach to do that for Miami since in the in the, in the last 20 years. Uh, now he has to go be a defensive coordinator after his year with the Steelers, where he helped them improve from being the worst run defense in the league to a top 10 run defending unit. Um, I agree. It's a theme. And it's something that, you know, you can't always just prove because you don't have the smoking gun of what was actually said in the room. But it continues to make you ask questions when it's like, why does that guy get a job who was clearly less successful than this guy over here? If these jobs are supposed to be on merit, there, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions there. But now. Bienemy goes to the Commanders, a franchise trying to turn things around again because they're always trying to turn things around. <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz is the quarterback. Um, you look at how they've kind of been this year and um, and how 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 they've they've sort of broken things down. If you look at the spending that, that they that they have on offense right now, because of Carson Wentz. They're one of the more expensive offenses in the NFL. But if you take Carson Wentz out, which I could anticipate them doing, they drop down significantly into the bottom half half of the league. And it makes me wonder, what would Eric Bieniemy have to do to fix Washington's offense and get the commanders to being uh, a group, uh, an offense that people would recognize and be like, whoa, wait a second, they're an, they're an actual problem. 
Yeah, we've seen like they have some decent pieces, at least they around the quarterback position. I mean, they got Taylor Heineke to look pretty darn good for a few mm-hmm. different They're good receivers and McLaurin and Dotson and Curtis Samuel. You got uh, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson in that backfield is a nice little combo there. And, you know, with a young quarterback like Sam Howell, I mean, he's a fifth round pick, so we're not setting high expectations there. But like between he and Heineke, or maybe they're a dark horse team to add a veteran quarterback or even a higher drafted rookie this offseason. You never know whether they trade up in the draft or go after a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Derek Carr, a Trey Lance. Like there's there's some real there's some real just potential there. Some a little bit of an open slate to either put in a better quarterback with a decent supporting cast or really juice up the supporting cast around the quarterbacks they do have that are unproven or or still developing in that way. And that's the enemy's time to shine. Like here you go. Let's see what you can do with the resources we already have. It's not a horribly bare kitchen, but there's an opportunity to add a bit more to that this offseason and, and put him in the best position to be the offensive coordinator that, that works for them. We'll see what Ron Rivera and that front office do to try to put them in a better position. Because I do agree, they they certainly have pieces. I, I love Terry McLaurin. I think that he has the potential to become one of the best, best receivers in the NFL if he's not already considered uh, in that group, but I, I love the way that he plays. They went and got Jahan Dotson in the last NFL draft. Um, you know, you're right, and I like Brian Robinson Jr. Antonio Gibson as a pair. They they need to put it together, and maybe the the key is getting the quarterback that they need or developing the quarterback they need, as you were alluding to there. But there's another quarterback that everyone's always talking about, and it is Aaron Rodgers. But there's a got another guy out there who's floating around, and. We now know that he's not going back to the Raiders. It's Derek Carr. I want to ask Lauren about what's going to happen with Derek Carr because he's visiting with different teams. He's looking for a new home in the NFL, and it might tie into what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. We'll we'll explain what we mean there in just a minute here on the Locked On NFL podcast, the Friday edition here with Chris Carter and Lauren Cox. But first, before we do any of that, this episode is sponsored by FanDuel. FanDuel, of course, is the number one sports book in America, and they're the official partner of the NFL. And with new with new customers, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 right now. That's bonus bets that you get back if your first bet doesn't win. Yes, the NFL season is over, but that's where FanDuel Sportsbook is great. It, can, it covers all the sports. And on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which you can download today, it's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores to threes drain, any, anything that you want. FanDuel lets you make player prop bets and gives you so many options. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger and better payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Back here on the Locked On NFL Podcast, Chris Carter, Lauren Cox, bringing you here the hits on a Friday. And one of the biggest news that continues to sweep around the NFL is who's talking to Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr officially visited the Jets or set the visit to the Jets this upcoming weekend. He's you know being released by the by the Raiders. So now there's a sweepstakes to kind of figure out who's going to get him. Uh, Ross Jackson was talking on on our, our Locked On Podcast Network recently about how the Saints could be a front runner to get Derek Carr. But the Jets being in that conversation is interesting. But Lauren, when we were preparing for this show, you brought up an interesting line of succession that could happen about who the Jets really are targeting at quarterback. Yeah, it seems to me like 
if you're the Jets, you kind of got to play this this love triangle game. It's like you're at the bar and you're talking to a couple different girls, and there's one you really want to be talking to, but you gotta, you know, <laughs> you gotta be playing the gotta be playing the field here and understand that one of them might be a little out of your league or one of them might not be available to you. But you know, there's this other one over here, so you're you're kind of talking to both. And one's Aaron Rodgers and one's Derek Carr. And I think the big fish here is is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are saying ideally we get the future Hall of Famer who's definitely on the older side. I mean, he's about 39 years old, but a guy that you feel like you could plug and play and be an instant, certainly division champion contender, as maybe even Super Bowl contending team based off of that. But Aaron Rodgers is currently sitting in a dark room with no cell phone and very little access to light and getting meals fed in through a slot as he tries to <laughs> on his own spiritual journey over the next four days or whatever, however long it's going to be from here. And so the Jets are kind of sitting there wondering what Rodgers is going to decide, and they have to be prepared in case Rodgers decides to retire or return to Green Bay or go to the Las Vegas Raiders or someone else. And so the Jets have to look around and say, okay, well, if Rodgers isn't there, what do we got? We're not going to do Zach Wilson and Mike White again. Like, we need we need something <laughs> different. So bring in Derek Carr, you know, wine and dine him a little bit, see you gauge his level of interest, show your interest. Well, knowing in the back of your mind that you probably really do want Rodgers, but – as soon as Rodgers is off the board, you go to Derek Carr and say, hey, we wanted you all along. That's why we called you first. That's why we brought you in. But I think they're going to try and delay Carr from signing anywhere for as long as possible until they can get an answer on Rodgers. I think that's a, that's a, that is a sneaky plan that they got going on there. And I guess it's not that sneaky, but I think it's it's a smart way to try to play both sides to get the answer that you want in the end because you don't – nobody knows what Aaron Rodgers wants uh, in the long run. I know that he wants to get paid. And uh, I think that that's where um, that's where this is this is going to come down to. But if I'm if I'm the Jets and I feel like I'm in a good place that I'm building, that's a young team that's put, that's putting a lot of younger pieces in the right spots and developing. Part of me feels like I'd want a quarterback who wouldn't be about that kind of drama because every year at the Packers, the Packers have done everything by Aaron Rodgers. He's getting paid the money he wants. They've tried to get him, get him, get him stars. Yes. There's times I feel like they could have put more emphasis on wide receiver, but they've gave him competitive teams that he's gone out there and he's balled with over the years. Um, and to me, I felt like there's been some doing right there. And Aaron Rodgers is kind of the guy who's every year is just like, you know, I don't know what I want to do. I'm guy might go to Mars. Who knows? I know, but I don't. Yeah. It's just like, like, I'm just, it, it's going to be go through that process. And if you're the jets and you're Ralph Salah and, and you are in a place where you're trying to build something and you're trying to make the jets something that they haven't been for quite some time. I feel, I find it hard to think like, Oh yeah, let's bring that guy into this locker room and make this a, predictable situation granted super talented quarterback and a guy that can still sling the ball be a be a guy who was a big playmaker for you but if I could get a Derek Carr who you know whereas Derek there were problems with the Raiders but he wasn't at the center of them and in fact just two years ago he let I felt like he led the Raiders through what's a what was one of their most tumultuous seasons ever with John Gruden being fired in the middle of it multiple first round draft picks getting in trouble with the law all the problems they're getting and he got them to the playoffs and they almost beat the Bengals that year in the playoffs I I look at Derek Carr and I say you know what you might be a stabilizing figure that we can plug into this young group of youngsters and lead them forward and that's where I'm thinking maybe the Jets are thinking too hard about this Maybe they just need to go, you know, pull the trigger, go after Derek Carr, lock that down, and then just focus on keep building what they're building with the younger core that they've been developing. Yeah, I, I wonder how genuinely a guy like Robert Sala like 
believes in Zach Wilson. And, and I, I wonder if he don't. Like, well, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, is you could you could trade for Aaron Rodgers and you're going to get one, maybe two years of Rodgers. That's time for Zach Wilson to sit on the bench. Maybe Rodgers isn't a great quarterback mentor developer type, but still at least a couple of years, a year or two for Zach Wilson to sit for a couple of years. And then maybe Rodgers leaves and you try it again with Zach Wilson or you draft a rookie quarterback then and and have them compete. And you don't fully give up on Zach Wilson by trading for Rodgers as opposed to Carr, who you bring him in and you're you're pretty much locking into Carr for the next you know four or five years. It's like he's he's going to be much more of a point short term stabilizing force. But if they do have some lingering faith in Zach Wilson that's still hidden in there that he just they just can't quit him. Rodgers is a way to put a pause on Zach Wilson's career. Let things slow down for him a bit more and then pick back up a year or two from now and maybe win a super or maybe compete for a Super Bowl or for a year or two in between. That that's there's a thought there. There is a thought that that you could handle something like that. But then I also wonder what would it take to get get Aaron Rodgers off the Packers' hands? You know, versus if you if you just signed Derek Carr as he'll be a free agent, maybe that would be easy there. But I feel you on that because the, the Jets do want to find their quarterback in the future. They don't want to have to live off of someone else's veteran quarterback who's in their 30s or, or whether early or late 30s. And then, you know, in another, you know, another, either another one or two years, they're, they're, they're moving on or another five years they're moving on. But they want to find that guy that they can develop. They'll be in their 20s and then they can get especially enjoy what a lot of teams are enjoying right now, like the Bengals, who you have a, a really talented quarterback on a rookie contract. So that allows you to kind of invest elsewhere. And then while that rookie, well, that quarterback that's on a rookie deal is excelling, you're also excelling by investing in, into bigger pieces around them to be a really competitive team. That seems to be a model that a lot of teams have won with. And it does make me wonder, maybe they're, maybe they are thinking along the lines that if they get Aaron Rodgers, it's for a year or two, like you said, but Bottom line is either Zach Wilson will become the quarterback they originally drafted him to be, or they'll draft a new Zach Wilson. Well, they hope they hope not a Zach Wilson. They <laughs> they they'll but they'll draft the guy that they that they were hoping Zach Wilson could have been for them. And that I see merit behind that plan. Yeah, you, especially if you wonder like if they go all in on building like going win now, try and win with Aaron Rodgers for a year or two you're likely going to then have this real drop off immediately afterwards, right? Where kind of like the Rams, where it's just like, we, we kind of blew our whole load on trying to win. And and now you don't have much cap space or, or, you know, younger players there. And then you can maybe tank that first year afterwards, give Zach Wilson a shot, say it's your team. And if Zach Wilson does well, you're good to go. And if Zach Wilson does poorly, then you're drafting in the top 10, maybe in the top five, and can go get that quarterback in the future. And maybe you won some fun ball games along the way. But I also question the other side of this, whether the, potential headache of Aaron Rodgers in New York is also worth it for the Jets and just the way he's been extra sensitive about his public image and the New York media being a part of that. I know Tiki Barber on his radio show recently said like he doesn't think Aaron Rodgers would hold up in that New York media. And that it just seems like there's going to be a firestorm around Rodgers that you have to deal with, which is worth it if you think you can win football games, but is that what's in the real best interest of your team do you really feel like Rodgers puts you in the Super Bowl or does Rodgers put you in the divisional round of the playoffs like do you need a little bit more beyond Rodgers at this stage of his career like that's what the questions the Jets really need to ask themselves like does Rodgers make it worth all of this is he still at the stage of his career where he's really going to be that big difference maker or would we be better as you were saying like building it a little bit more organically and taking advantage of better value and not having to give up draft capital to go get Aaron Rodgers just sign Derek Carr instead no, I hear you on that. Those are all big questions. 
let's uh, let's look closer at the Aaron Rodgers situation there and what's going on with the Packers and whatever direction it might end up in because that is always a wild story every offseason and every offseason it finds a way to get wilder. We'll talk about that in just a minute here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Don't go anywhere. Chris Carter and Lauren Cox breaking things down, but first, we got to talk to you guys about Ultimate Football GM are one of our great sponsors and a great game that you need to play right now. If you're one of those people out there who loves to talk about this kind of stuff, GM moves, trades, draft picks, this is the game for you. Ultimate Football GM is your chance to become an NFL manager in the game. You can you can name your team, give your team you know, new colors. You can put the city that they're in. You can develop the team. You can hire coaches, fire coaches, trade players. Do everything that you could imagine to just manage the team day-to-day, not just before the season, but then even during the season, how they're going through games. And seasons can roll by as fast as five minutes if you you simulate them fast enough. You can play this game really fast, and all you're trying to do is build your dynasty, win championships. Can you win championships? I won 19 championships in 25 seasons, and it only took about – a week and a half to play to, to get through those. If you want to play the game, go check it out right now at ultimate-gm.com or by downloading the app in your app store on your mobile device. You can play the game completely for free and it's playable offline and on the go. So again, go get the Ultimate Football GM app and Locked On NFL listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise by just using the promo code Locked On, all capital letters, all one word, Locked On in the game store of Ultimate football gm again that's locked on in the game store but to download the game visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app stores that's ultimate-gm.com ultimate football gm start your dynasty today back here on the locked on nfl podcast friday edition with chris carter and lauren cox lauren Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers for a sec because every year it just gets weird. And I, and I know that you you kind of get to see it up close because you cover the, the Bears for Locked On Bears and you're in the NFC North, so you get a you get more reason to kind of see it all the time. But every time, like, you know, I, I, I got to cover the Steelers, man. I got to keep up what's going on with the AFC North, the AFC in general. It's all these crazy things. And every time I look across the way and I just see stuff's bumping over on with the Packers news, and I'm like, it's Aaron Rodgers again. What's going on here? And it, you know, the last, the past couple of years, like I got like there was like the one year where he was like, I don't know, maybe I want to leave. And I looked at his contract and I'm like, yeah, he's making like 50 million next year. There's no way he's just gonna up and throw that away. It's like people said, Oh, he might retire. No, he's not walking away from that kind of money. But the more we get into it, there are more questions that seem to pop up every year about what Aaron Rodgers uh is or isn't going to do. How do you see this playing out this offseason? Is this just another bunch of hoopla and then he's just gonna be the Packers quarterback again next year, and then we're going to be back again here in 2024 in the offseason wondering, what will Aaron Rodgers do? <laughs> I, I sure hope not. Yeah, there was a report <laughs> that came out just this afternoon from uh, a longtime former Green Bay Packers reporter who now does a, a Substack thing, basically saying the Packers organizationally feel like they're pretty much done with Rodgers and ready to move on in one way or the other, that they're all full aboard, full full on board with Jordan Love and saying, screw it, like we, we, we're not super into this. The Packers have kind of said like, 
we'll do whatever Aaron wants. If he wants to play, we'll take him. And if he wants to be traded, we'll, we'll trade him. But it seems like their preference would be generally to move on in one way, shape or form. It's funny. I did today's lockdown bears podcast about how like bears fans should hope that Aaron Rodgers comes back because that's what puts the Packers in the worst position long-term because mm. he's so expensive and he'll require, you know, like he always wants his guys brought back in Randall Cobb and, and David Bakhtiari and all the, some of these guys that end up costing them more than they're actually worth on the field and end up, kind of hurting the team in the short term, but that if they trade him, they're going to get some draft capital for him and clear up a bunch of cap space and be able to build even more around Jordan Love and make Bears fans' lives a little bit more difficult that way. So it feels to me like it's it feels more like he's either going to retire or get traded to either the Raiders or the Jets. Like those two seem like the two main landing spots that make the most sense in terms of the connections and the positions of both teams. Like I don't think the Colts want to do another veteran quarterback type run. I don't think Frank Reich with the Panthers wants to do another veteran quarterback, aging veteran quarterback type run. Like those seem like teams that would ideally like to go a bit younger at the position and go more long-term there. They're not ready to win now. So it's just a question of what teams might be willing to give up for Rodgers or if he leaves his darkness escape feeling like, no, I'm, I'm done with football and I want to live in this darkness forever and never, never see the light of day again. I don't know. That would be wild. His guaranteed salary. Sorry, say that again. Or go to Mars, like you said. Or go to or go to Mars. His guaranteed salary this year, according to uh, OverTheCap.com, is fifty nine point four million dollars. His cap number will be thirty one point six, which would be very manageable. This is a guy who is signed through twenty twenty six. Right now, when he's forty, when he'll be forty three years old, he will be forty this upcoming season, and. It does make the beg the question: When is that going to happen? But I, I feel the Packers. I'm tired of this roller coaster. I want to get off. Like yeah. I, I want to just get back to building and moving forward. You know, you got your Super Bowl with him. You got your Super Bowl with Favre. Um, you know, and cutting cutting off Favre. You know, when they did allowed them to get Aaron Rodgers in, then eventually get the early Super Bowl that they did with him. Uh, I, I think that even if Jordan Love isn't doesn't end up being your guy. I feel like the Packers need to figure that out sooner rather than later so that they can either build around him or find the new, the new, you know, superstar quarterback that has led this franchise since like the nineties, you know, like, like, you know, how they've just had these two guys for so long. I mean, my entire life of watching football, all I remember is Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for that, for that franchise. Uh, They were able to reduce the contract of Aaron Jones, um, you know, to, to, to free up some space this year. But I think they do need to do a little bit more. Um, and, and I guess that's where the big question is, you know, and I guess I'm going to ask you this, Lauren, as a guy who covers the NFC North, are, are the Packers about to be out of the rotation of, of being a serious NFC North contender in the next couple of years? You know, if this Aaron Rodgers situation keeps playing out in a crazy way. It, it really is so dependent on just how good Jordan Love is because we just don't know. Like that's the that's such the wild card here that before, prior to the Aaron Jones move, the Packers were $16 million over the salary cap this this offseason. So like they were good and they're still going to be over. I don't know. I don't remember the exact number on how much they say for Aaron Jones. I think it was like eight or so million ish. So they might be still eight or so million over. But like there's a lot of talk they may have to just cut or restructure or move on from David Bakhtiari in some way, shape or form. And a couple of other key players and a couple other guys are free agents that you don't know if they can resign Adrian Amos and Alan Lazard. So like the supporting cast around Jordan love might deteriorate a little bit here and there. They might be able to plug some other pieces in there unless they trade Aaron Rodgers and free up, you know, $30 million in cap space or whatever it ends up being. And then all of a sudden you can get some better weapons around Jordan love and better defense around Jordan love and, build the team around the quarterback that they were unable to really do around Rodgers in some part due to Rodgers' massive salary. And so 
I feel like right now the balance of power in the NFC North is a little bit wide open because no one is really that powerhouse right now. I mean, even Green Bay, you know, missed the playoffs. They like struggled to down the stretch here. So like a 10 win season can be first place in this division. The Vikings always hover right around there. And now the Packers have been hovering right around there. So it's, and the lions are, are pushing for that. And of course the bears are hoping to do something with the number one overall pick and a bunch of salary cap space to get into that conversation. So I think it's going to be a really competitive division. And I think there's a lot of room for any of the four teams, likely three of them more likely than one to take that, first place crown but i think you're still going to see first second and third place in the nfc north this year be a game apart each it'll be a 10 win team a nine win team an eight win team something like that and th- th- there won't be that true like front runner until one of these young quarterbacks you know establishes themselves jordan love justin fields or if somehow jared goff and the lions can take a big step forward and hold that for a while like th- it's it's up for the grab and up for the taking for sure you know I'd be irresponsible if as a host and I had the the host of Locked On Bears to not ask, are the Bears trading Justin Fields? Because that is the question that's going to be asked for for quite some time until they don't trade Justin Fields because I just don't think there's any way they they do that. But what is the Bears move with the top overall pick? Do they use it on, you know, one of these superstar defensive players that everyone sees at Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, one of those guys? Or do they trade down? They try to amass picks to say, hey, let's build around Justin Fields right now. So unless the Bears are pulling off a masterful smokescreen, unlike we've never seen before, they are (laughs) not going to trade Justin Fields. I've been trying to emphasize that as much as I can to everybody who ever asks, because we we were down at the Senior Bowl two weeks ago or three weeks ago now, whatever it was. And there was a night I was out at, at one of the local watering holes down and about, and there were some Bears personnel in that local watering hole. And gets to be about 1.30 in the morning after a night of some beverage consumption. And out of that bar walks Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated talking with a prominent, easily recognizable member of the Bears organization. And they had been talking all night. They stumble home to their, their hotels. The next morning, Albert Breer reports that the Chicago Bears are planning to move forward with Justin Fields as their quarterback. They do not intend to trade him and are looking to trade down the number one overall pick. So unless that very prominent easily recognizable i'm not going to reveal his source but member of the bears organization was just lying to albert breer and been lying to people just to build up this trade value they're going to keep justin fields they're going to likely trade down from the number one overall pick and get as much as they can hopefully pit two of these quarterback needy teams against each other the texans the colts uh the panthers and maybe the raiders if they don't get aaron Rodgers. get somebody to move up that far grab a bunch of draft picks build around justin fields and do whatever they can with him and then if justin fields fails a couple of years from now Presumably, you've built a really strong team around the quarterback position, kind of like the Jets, like we were talking about, and then you can plug and play in a new quarterback there two or three years from now. I hear you. That's going to be very interesting to see what the Bears do. The NFC North could be a wild place this offseason. We'll see how it plays out. But this has been the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Lauren, thanks so much for joining me here. Let people know they can find you, follow you, get more of your work. Of course, you can hear me five days a week on the Locked on Bears podcast on Twitter at Cox Sports One. It's like Fox Sports One, but with a C and occasionally filling in on the Locked on NFL podcast. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Lauren, for joining us. I'm Chris Carter, host here on the Locked on NFL podcast. We'll be back next week with your boy Q breaking things down on, a, on another Friday. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can listen to me and watch me just like you watch Lauren with Locked on Bears. I host Locked on Steelers Monday through Friday. We all do our thing at the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You can also read me at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette where I cover all things Pitt Athletics. Getting ready if you want to know about some of those prospects heading into the NFL draft. That's where I'll be doing a lot of work there. So check us out there. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be back again next week. And the Locked On NFL podcast will return Monday. Stay tuned and we'll see you then.